Can we just start off today, right? And um, let me get a round of applause for all the moms. I want to acknowledge them. If you're a mom here, you don't have to stand up. Just everyone, just give them a round of applause for their worth. I see so many of. Them. Come on, guys. I said their worth. Come on. They, um, moms, you, you ladies are incredible. Um, I've been watching that video off and on all week. And to say I didn't cry at least a couple of times would be a lie. Uh, thinking about just, uh, you know, my mom and all the stuff she went through. I did a story about her. On, uh, I said on Facebook, she, um, she was so cool. She actually would, uh, I had a fish tank and I had a lot of fish in there. You know, the Walmart, remember back when Walmart sold fish? Remember that those days, back in the day? Yeah. So we would go to Walmart, we'd buy fishes, we'd buy like guppies and goldfishes and stuff like that. And then for the longest time, I said, man, my fish... Just live forever. I mean, I thought I'd live forever. I later found out in life, about a year and a half or two ago, that she was replacing the fish every time it would die when I was in school. And so I just thought I was asleep in the morning. So I woke up, and there's Guppy. He's like floating. Oh, he's still asleep. Don't wake him. And so I would, I would, I would go to school, and I'd come back, and he'd be awake. And so that, that's my mom. So uh, moms, thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Uh, it is truly, truly, truly incredible the amount of work that you ladies put into this, this life and, and, and us as, as children. Truly, truly amazing. Um, and that's why today is, is very special. My name is Pastor Felix Trevino. Um, I'm the lead pastor here at Impact City Church. Uh, thank you on behalf of our church family to you guys for coming over. Um, if you're a mom, I hope you grab a frap. If you're a dad and you snuck one past someone, you owe me two bucks. Uh, and so just thank you so much for all that you do. Um, today's special, we're taking a break from the book of 1 Corinthians. We go verse by verse through the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, but sometimes when we have a special moment like this, in, in this instance, Mother's Day, we want to stop and, and just talk about moms. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about what does it mean to be a godly mother, but not just a godly mother. What does it mean to be a godly mother within the context of community, okay? Within the context of community. Because in case you didn't know this, men, uh, being a mom is hard. Being a mom is very hard. Now, uh, it's a tough job. I don't know from experience, but I've seen it in my life. That being a mother, whether you have one child or eight, is hard. It's tough. Whether you're a mother of an adopted child, whether you're a grandmother who has taken in her grandkids, whether you're, you know, whatever moment, whether you're a mother in the church and you're a single mom, you have no kids, but you serve in the children's area and the kids love you and every week they look forward to seeing you, you're in some ways a mother to those children. And no matter how you break it up, being a mom is hard work. It's hard work. We just think about it. Whenever you were pregnant, moms, you were up all night long feeling uncomfortable. Remember that? I remember you know, we'd be asleep and Sarah would be like hitting me on the, on the ribs. Like, oh, I'm like, why are you hitting me in the ribs? She's like, because he's hitting me in my ribs. You know, he got the elbow and he's doing this little number or whatever, this elbow. Being a mom is hard. You're up all night with an uncomfortable baby. Now, as they got older and they were born, you're up all night with another, you know, we're still uncomfortable. Now they're outside. Now you can hear them. And now they're crying, and you're up all night. And I remember so many nights when Ryan had colic. I, I walk around my our little you know efficiency 
apartment bouncing him around and patting his little booty and, and just trying to get him to sleep. And then Sarah would wake up and we'd take shifts. Like being a mom is hard. Then when they get older, you're up all night worrying about their future. When they're like in fifth grade or fourth grade, around that age, my, my son's in fifth grade right now. I'm, I'm scared to death about sixth grade. I mean, Sarah, was, I mean, she's, she's scared to death about our kids going to the middle school age and, and, and the, how crazy that's going to be and going to a big school and, and the people who are older and have mustaches and they're, I mean, they're, you know, like, like that's scary. It's really scary. When they're teenagers and you're up all night wondering if they're okay, no matter, no matter where they're at. Maybe they went to a friend's house and, and, and they told you, I'm going to go spend the night at so-and-so's house. And, and you, as a mom, you stay up all night long because you're hoping to God that they're asleep in the room or they're playing Xbox or something, not out in the street doing something crazy. As a mom, you worry about these things. You, it's a tough, tough job. And then whenever they grow up and life starts to hit them, like when they graduate from college and they're out on their own and the storms of life start to come their way, you are up all night praying and worrying and just hoping to God that the foundations that you poured into them have set like concrete so they can stand firmly on those things. So when the storms of life come their way, they're not going to topple over. As a mom, you know this. You worry about these things. You worry about these things as a mom. See, the only easy thing about being a mom is loving your kids. Everything else is hard. It's tough to wake up in the morning and make breakfast for them. It's tough to be a mom, uh, a single mom, trying to work a job and, and get the kids to school and get to work on time and maintain that job because that's your livelihood on top of everything else and, and, and doing it alone. It is hard, hard work. But it's easy to love them. It's the only thing. Ladies, I want you to hear today. This is a short little message. We're not going to get too deep into this today. I want you ladies to hear today that God sees your frustration. God sees the nights that you're up all night praying for your kids. God sees the nights that you're worried about. Are they going to come home safe? God sees the, the, the moments of just you know, frustration in your life where you, you might think that maybe I'm not good at this job. Like, how many moms have felt that way? Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a mom, but raise your hand if you felt like that. Like, you just felt like, like I'm not good at what I do. I can't believe they're alive. Like, every birthday is meaningful because it's like I made it. They're just, they're, they're getting closer to take care of themselves. Like, you feel frustrated because you've, you've raised up these children and you're doing your best, but sometimes you just kind of feel like you're a failure at it. God sees that. He sees your heart. God sees you when you're crying for your kids. God sees it whenever, you know, they come home with a bad grade and, and they're in a, just a distraught moment in their life. Or they come home and maybe someone picked on them in school. And your heart aches for them because, because as a mother, you care for them. As a dad, I'm like, who did? I want to beat them up. But as a mom, you're like, you know, that the mama bear comes out and wants to care for him. God sees all of those moments in your life. And because he sees those moments, and because he knows that you're going to struggle, because he knows that you're going to fall short of what it means to be the best mom in the world, in, in your opinion, because he knows that you're going to to have hard times. He's created something to help you ladies with, and that something is called community. It's called community. Because as you know, motherhood can be hard. But if you know the scriptures, you know that we're not meant to do life alone as Christians. We're not meant to be lone rangers. The mom, the single mom in the church should be one of the most loved people in the church. You know why? Because she needs 
the most amount of help. And the single mom in the church should be the mom that is, is cared for and provided for by everyone, the families of the church, the, the men in the church, the elders of the church, the widow of the church. I mean, everyone should be loving on the moms. You see, in scriptures, the first, got, the first church got this right. The first church got this in the, in the book of Acts. You don't have to turn there, just, just listen. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, 44 through 47, Paul is talking about the early church. And he says this thing about the church. He says that all the believers gathered together. That they gathered together and they had all things in common. And when we read the, the word all things in common, it goes on later on to say that they sell their possessions. So the word all things means that their emotions were in common. They're, they were together they were celebrating good times. They were celebrating bad times. But they were all together as a church. They didn't do this thing where the church says, I'll see you on Sunday and I'll see you next Sunday and during the, during the week. You don't even think about that person. You don't, you don't even worry about that mom. You don't worry about that, that, that person who's struggling with that family. Maybe, maybe you're not a single mom. Maybe you're a mom that, of a family, but your husband is working all the time. And you need a little bit of help every once in a while. The, the, the Bible says that the church in the early days of, of the making of the church, that, that they gathered together, that they, they formed a, a, a community around everyone. Larry goes on to say that they were selling all of their possessions and their belongings, and they were distributing the proceeds to all of those who had need. What a beautiful, beautiful example of what the gospel should be. You have a need. I have provisions. I will share with you. So the moms who, who were back in the early Bible days, that, that maybe they were single, they were widowed, maybe their husband died in war, maybe he died in a, on a, on a hunting ex, you know, expedition, whatever it is, the church gathered and they would, they would help that mom out. But not just the single moms, I mean, the families too. I mean, there were so many men that had to go off and work and there were tradesmen that would go across the oceans to, to make trades and come back and provide for their family. And these moms were left all by themselves. And so the church would gather around this family and they would help each other out. If that family needed food, uh, another church member would provide that food. If that family needed a place to stay, housing, whatever, they would provide that housing. There was probably accounts where people would build houses for, for each other within the church. I remember talking to a guy this year and I at work, and he said, you know what I believe the church should be like? He says, I believe the church should be like that movie, The Patriot. I'm like, Ramel Gibson? I'm like, the, the axe slaughtering? No, no, but at the end. Other stuff, yeah, but at the end. Whenever his house had been, been burned down by the red coats and, and all of the people who loved him and were around him went to the old homestead and they were building up the house. He goes, that is the perfect representation of what the church should be. And I said, amen. It's true. As a church family, we gather together. We encourage each other. We lift each other up. The early church understood what Paul meant when he wrote to, the, to, to James. And he said that in the book of James, it says, pure and genuine religion in sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows. Like, I don't know how churched you are. I don't know what kind of church background you come from. But the Bible just said that the, the, the true religion, the true genuine religion is not going to church and praying three times a day. It's not becoming part of this big you know, democracy of a religion and, and getting integrated. No, it's not becoming this, this person that just comes to church on Sunday and, and, and then just goes and does whatever they want during the week and comes back next Sunday. No, true religion is caring for the orphans and the widows. Basically, true religion is loving those who are in need of, of the most. 
That's what true religion is, and that's what the church did. This is what the church should still be doing. We might have dropped the ball along the, the, the way, especially here in America, but this is what we should be doing as a church. We should be loving each other beyond our means, sacrificing the things that we need for those who do not have the need. That's what it means to be a part of a church, encouraging the moms, lifting them up, saying, you can do this. I know you're struggling, but listen, honey, I was in your same shoes before they had technology. Like, I, 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 I've been there. Like, I, I know I, I've dealt with cloth diapers because we couldn't afford huggies. Like, I, I know that. Like, like, moms encouraging other moms, that's what the church should be. And the church should be about discipleship. Young, young ladies, moms, you need to be with someone who is older, more experienced, and understands the gospel and how it affects their life, and that will just help transform you into the mom that you need to be. If you don't have an accountability partner, I urge you, find a woman that you can look up to and be discipled by. Men, you do the same thing too, but with a man. Like, find someone that can, can pour their life into you. That's what the church is all about. That's what community is all about. Because when you connect with community, all your needs are met, your spiritual and your physical needs. There's accountability in community. There's encouragement in community and challenging challenges in community that they encourage you to do better and they challenge you to do better as well. But you know what? I can stand up here all day long and I can talk about community. I love that. I can preach sermon series on, on the importance of what it means to be a church in community. But I don't think I can capture the... the, the I, can, I don't think I can capture that without actually just giving you an example of someone who has grown in community. And the only person that I know who has done that, who I've seen grow from a child into an amazing godly woman, is my wife. And so for the first time here on this stage, I want to invite her up to come talk to us. And what I want to do is I'm going to ask her a few questions, and, and she might be a little nervous, so y'all take it easy on her. I want to ask her a few questions. I'm going to ask her about 10 questions about what does it mean to grow up in community. Now, married people, listen up to this. Men and women. Women, because if you're a mom and you're married, maybe you need to listen to this. Maybe this is a step that you need to take. Maybe it's something that you're going to listen to Sarah. You're like, I know I can help her out in some ways. Let me, let me help invest in Sarah some more. Or maybe you're a dad. Maybe you need to connect and understand what your, your wife goes through as a mom. I know it's easier for us to get up in the morning, go to work, come home, and think that everything in the house magically got done. But it's tough as a mom to do all those things. If you're not a mom yet, if you're a single lady, you're a young girl, you know, just out on her own, listen up. Listen up, take notes. You need to hear this. Because one day you may become a mom. Or you may desire to be a mom. And then one day, whenever that reality hits you, that you're going to be a mom, it's going to hit you like a, like a freight train. You're going to be so scared, I guarantee you. You will never be prepared to be a parent. But if you listen to some of the words that we're about to say and some of the experiences that me and Sarah have been through, I promise you, you'll be a little bit more comfortable with that idea. So if you would, please help me welcome my beautiful wife, Sarah, up to the stage. Um, well, thank you for helping me out today, Jacob. I know it's been, it's kind of a, it was kind of like last minute. And uh, so just to let you all know, these questions, uh, I text them to her this morning at like 5 a.m. 
So she is like, I don't think she's, she's probably read them like twice. So we're going to just kind of go through here and, uh, and, and, and just kind of see how this goes. So, hey, um, so what kind of community did you have before being a mom? And back when we, when we first got married and, and, and we were not really part of any type of, of church, what was it like back then? I mean, I, I don't think we really had a community. I, I mean, we had friends that were probably not the best influence <laughs> yeah. before we went to church. Um, but I think that part of my life, I was um, very young, and I was kind of just doing a lot of things on my own without any direction. So that, 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 looking back now, that probably wasn't the best situation. I remember when we had Ryan, of course, our firstborn, and we became parents. It was really apparent to me. <laughs> play on words. It was really apparent to me. Uh, the, our two friends. I mean, we. I remember having the baby in the hospital, and none of our friends came to even visit or call, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have. One, I remember one friend, uh, John, who's in California. He came over and he was with me, took him to Waterburger afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but uh, of course, that I didn't do any work. But um, that's. I, I, but in light of, I remember when, when Skylar was born, even back when Zach was yeah. born, after we started going to church, I mean, that, that changed. It was, it was, I mean, we had people, you know, at the door. Maybe they had people bringing meals. Um, it was crazy. Um, do you remember um, when you first became a mom and you were pregnant with Ryan? Um, were you scared at all? Do you remember that? And then why were you scared if you were scared? Um, oh, yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, I think I was a little scared with all three of them um, for different reasons, um, just different life stages that we were in at the time. But definitely being a first-time mom raised a lot of questions. It was uh, definitely, a, I mean, yeah, it was a very scary time. Yeah, I remember uh, just wondering how the heck are we going to pay for this kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? We're in a one, one, little one-bedroom apartment. And then he kept growing inside her. I was like, why does he keep getting bigger? It costs more, you know. Um, funny story, uh, I'll tell you how inexperienced you were. I thought that the, the, the poundage on the diaper box, I thought that was a weight capacity, as if how much they can hold. Um, I did not know that that was for the baby. I thought the it was, I thought it yeah. was how much capacity the diaper could hold. I thought there was like, you know, medium duty, super duty, and then... <laughs> I didn't know. But we were scared. I mean, we were scared to death. I mean, I remember uh, just feeling alone. I remember feeling like, who's going to help us? And we have family. I mean, I mean family's great, but, um, I mean, family can't be there 24-7. I mean, I mean everyone's got every, there's, there's only so much family, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm blessed. We have a great family, but it was still scary. Well, they all live far, too, so we were kind of on our own. Like, literally, his parents and my parents on all sectors of that were completely not even in corpus so that was yeah that was scary we kind of felt pretty on our own um tell me a moment can you give me an example when one day i know i felt alone a lot but when we first were married we weren't we weren't even going to church can you give me a can you give me an example of a moment we just felt totally abandoned uh well you know the whole first year um that ryan of ryan's life uh felix worked a lot and I was a stay-at-home mom. I was very young, very inexperienced. I didn't have community. I didn't have any support. I was exhausted all the time. Um, I, I love 
Brian very much, but he was he was a very hard baby. He cried all the time, all night long, most of the day. He just always cried, and I didn't know how to help him because I, I had never been a mom before, and um, it was just, it was very hard. Um, one particular instance I remember, it, it's kind of like, a, I guess, a mommy scar, I could say. He must have been maybe two months old. I was a very, very new mom, and uh, there was one evening, I don't, I'm sure you probably remember this. You had came home from work. (laughs) You had um, worked all day, and I was just feeling really cooped up. I was like, I have to get out of the house. I need to go somewhere. I need to just, I need to get out. I just literally would be inside the apartment walls all day long, and so I took Ryan. Felix stayed home, and I took Ryan out by myself, and I had went to Burlington. (laughs) Do you know where I'm going with this story? (laughs) Wow. No. no. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Get ready to laugh. Well, yeah. Um, I Okay, so I know most of y'all probably have been, like, at the mall and stuff, and you see people take their strollers and kind of tilt them and put them up on the escalator and go up. Probably not now, but, you know, back then, it, it people did that. It wasn't a big deal. It was like you're really not supposed to. It was like a to. cheap carnival ride. For <laughs> it was, I don't know. I mean, I saw other moms do it all the time. It looked really easy. Well, it wasn't. Um, I tilted the wheel, and I it slid back, and he, like, bounced, 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 like, several times off of the escalator back onto the first floor. And he woke up and was screaming. Like, he was screaming bloody blue murder, and I was mortified. I was humiliated. I was scared for my child, and um, I was completely embarrassed. And... I took him out of the stroller, of course, you know, I was like bouncing him, trying to comfort him and calm him down. And like not one person in the store said one nice thing to me. Everybody around me stopped and stared and gave me the most judgy looks. Like I felt like the worst mom in the world. That was, yeah, I don't even think I can laugh about it yet. I still actually feel really <laughs> sad when I think you about it. You got some it. deep scars here. Yes, it was. That was one of the worst uh, new mommy moments of my life, actually. So shortly after that, <laughs> we started going to church and uh, got connected at a, at a church and started serving and, and really connected to what we call here missional city groups. Um, back then, they were called life groups. They're basically small groups of people that meet in homes. Um, tell me, when did going to church and being a part of a small group uh, of connected, a community, you know, men and women and children, uh, we were with couples who were... Uh, just a few years older than us, couples who were, like, way older than us as well. When did being a part of that start to feel like it was growing you, uh, like, start to feel like you were becoming or changing? When did that happen? Um, I think within, the, within a few months of going to church, I got really connected in the children's ministry there, and um, I would go a lot during the week, and we would work on things, prepare the lessons, and um, they were remodeling at the time, so I did a lot of, that's where I learned to paint, actually. Um, I started helping them paint and decorate their rooms and that sort of thing. Uh, and connecting with the other ladies there and and just making friends through that, that really, really impacted my life. And, you know, talking with them and conversa- conversating and sharing some of my struggles, and some of it was just validation for them to be able to say, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going crazy, too. I don't even know what to do with my kid. Like, I'm exhausted. Like, just hearing that from another mom was comforting. It was encouraging that, you know, I'm not a horrible mom. I'm just human, and this is part of motherhood, and it's something that you adjust to and deal with. But um, 
also watching the older, more seasoned moms and how they interacted with their children, how they disciplined them, how they talked to them, how they handled them, how they comforted them, how to just the way that they carried themselves as mothers really, really taught me a lot. My mom was a wonderful mom. She did the best she could, but she was a single mom. So, you know, she worked a lot and it, it was, you know, she had a lot of stress on her because she was trying to provide for me and my brother growing up. And so that was difficult, but seeing stay at home moms and it, and it, it just, it was just a different experience for me that I had never really been exposed to. And so I learned a lot from that. That's re- where it really started for me. Just, just by that, that little community that I had. Who were, uh, who were some of the women that discipled you? Uh, and also, can you give me an, ex- an example of one moment or something that they did that sort of kind of woke you up or something you still remember to this day? Uh, you have a story? Or yeah, like I mean, I can, I can think of a, a few instances that really pop out. I know Julie Burnett was one person who really kind of took me under her wing, and, and she had four children, and I was like, how do you even do that? I have one, and I'm losing my mind. Like, <laughs> but, I think she's um, got more now, too. She kept are you going. serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I don't, I don't know. We'll hashtag I'll have it. to Facebook her. Okay. <laughs> um, but she was one person who, you know, just watching her interact with her children was um, – was an experience for me. And then, of course, as we got more connected, more involved, we had moved out to the Cal Allen area, and we helped plant um, a Cal Allen church out there. And uh, there was a handful of moms out there that were, you know, really discipled me, but one in particular, um, Megan, she she was a young mom like me. Like, she had had her first son when she was really young. She was, what, maybe like a decade older than us. At the, so, but, at, but she had had her youngest at the same time that I had had mine. So we had a lot of things in common that she understood what it was like to be a, a new young mom that was just learning how to be a Christian. That was her 10 years ago, where, but where I was at at that time, if that makes sense. Um, but I remember this one time we were um, setting up for church, and her youngest, he was, I don't even remember what he did. He was being bad. He was doing something bad. And um, she called him over, and she knelt down to his level, and she went to eye level with him. And she was just very direct in a loving tone. But it was like this perfect balance of love and authority at the same time. And it captivated me. I was just like, I, I had never seen a mom, like, discipline their child in that way. And it, it, really, it really stuck out to me. It's such a small thing. But for me, just learning how to interact with your child in that way, it really impacted me. And I learned a lot from just, like, that one little moment, yeah, if a, that makes sense. Because all we did was yell. <laughs> Because, yeah, I was just like, stop it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was like volume ten. Well, that's how I all the was way raised. across I mean, the board. What, yeah, and uh, just to see the patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've and I've seen like I remember we've we've changed because like we used to always just yell at the kids, and that was like if they were doing something bad, we would just yell, and that was the like, direct default to what they were doing was bad. Was I think it's yell, your yell, like yell. your natural reaction to just oh, yeah. I'm frustrated, you know. <laughs> but what I found is whenever we've we've learned to stay calm. And kind of like you say, like get on their level and mm-hmm. directly talk to them. They, they, they listen. And now, they don't Ryan is a little business. different. He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skylar's, I mean, Skylar's Well, Skylar's, but she's yeah. a whole other story. That's a whole other sermon. No. <laughs> Speaking about sermons and biblical, can you give me a biblical example of a mom that you just you've looked up to? I know we have. There's many moms in the Bible, of course. The famous one, Mary. You know, I mean, everyone talks about her, uh, especially mm-hmm. down south and south of uh, yeah. But that was a joke. Um, thank you. 
Uh, what about you? Any, any mom in particular in the Bible? Um, you know, several of them do. I think what, one common thing that I see when I study the, the mothers in the scriptures and um, in almost every instance, in some way, they really had to trust God with their child in a way that I think it, it would just be so hard in, in your humanity to do. I, I think about, like, Moses's mother having to, like, put him in the river, like, and just float and hope that he survived, like, and just trust God with that. How scary as a mom. Like, I mean, I don't even let my kids go play outside by my, like, without me watching them because I'm scared they're going to get hit by a car or something. I mean, but just the, you know, that, that took an incredible yeah. amount of faith. I mean, Mary, knowing that her son was born to die, like, that was his purpose, but trusting God through that. Um, and so just that, that's what I learned a lot from the scriptures. I mean, Hannah gave up Samuel, you know, after she stopped nursing him and, and let him be raised in the temple. I, I couldn't imagine giving up my child like that. And that just takes an incredible amount of faith. She had a, I mean, her story was that she had been barren for so many years and prayed and prayed and prayed, God, if you give me a child, I will give it back to you. I will dedicate him back to you. And so just to be barren for so many years and then to be a mom for such a short period of time, maybe three years is what I think the, the scriptures say, and to give the child back to God. And then when we dedicate kids, we still have to take them home. But when she dedicated her, Samuel, she left Samuel at the temple with, with the, the prophet Eli. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I mean that's, that's really incredible how she trusted God that much. And, say, and so, like, as a mom, that's what, you know, that's the whole purpose. Well, know? it's the understanding that they belong to him before they belong to us. I mean, he entrusts their care to us. Um, and it's, an, it's a huge responsibility. Yeah. Um, how does a mom do that? in today's age like can you give me an example of like what does it mean i know of course we do a ceremony dedicating a child but on the day-to-day operations of being a mom how do you consistently dedicate your child to god and give them back to god what are some things that moms do for that i think it starts with um being connected to god yourself you can't give your kids what you don't have yourself and so um I am not a perfect mom, and I'm a mess all the time. Um, you know, I have three, and they're a handful, and I love them to pieces. But um, without my relationship with God, I, don't, I would not be able to be the mother that I need to be, the mother that God has called me to be, um, without help from, from him. It, it, he's the source. And so um, I'd say nurture your own heart first so that you can be a mom that you need to be for them. That's just super important. And it's hard because I know we're busy, but even, you know, and I'm not perfect at it. Even if it's just five minutes, just take, take that five minutes to talk to God, read his word, fill yourself up so that you can pour back out to your children. So important. And being connected to community and having other women around you to um, encourage you, hold you accountable to that, to disciple you. It's just super important. We can't, we can't do it on our own. We really can't. Now I've seen you come very far been blessed to be able to see God work in your life, um, you know, every day in the most personal, intimate ways. Are there still days today that you feel like a failure at times that you feel? I mean, this, oh, is, yeah. this is real talk. <laughs> By the way, Impact City Church, we're real. I mean, don't come in here faking your, your life. We want us to be real and honest about things. And I know I feel like a failure sometimes as a dad. Whenever I, I, I might react in a, in a bad way. Do you, do you ever feel like that sometimes? Do you feel like 
Maybe mm -hmm. you could do better. Yeah, I always feel like I can do better. Um, and I think some, some of it's valid. There are things that I need to work on. Other times, um, and I know every mom in the room can relate to this, I think we tend to beat ourselves up a lot over things that are not our fault or that we can't control. Like when my kids get a bad grade in school, I just fall, I fall apart. I'm like, I'm a horrible mom. I'm failing them. You know, I blame myself. I take all that shame and that blame on myself um, because of their bad choices or because of a failure that they had. Um, and those are issues I'm still working on that I'm learning how the, that God is teaching me, you know, through those things. But, um, but yeah, I mean. What helps you get through those things? <sighs> I think a lot of it's just prayer. I have to remember to give it back to God. I mean, I have you to lean on, and that helps because I'm usually crying on your shoulder. But <laughs> when I'm not crying on you. Yeah, when, yeah, definitely. That's pretty often. But um, and I know that I know that that's not always an option. Some of us have husbands that work all the time, or we're single parents as well. My mom was a single parent. I definitely understand that struggle. But find somebody, find find a friend, find somebody in here in your church family in your community um, that you can lean on. That's so important. Lean on Jesus, but I mean. You know, God speaks through his people. If we're not connected to his people, how can we be spoken to? It's, you know, Christianity is not a faith that God created for us to do on our own. It's, it's, we have to be relational with one another because, like, motherhood is hard, but just life in general is hard. We need each other to lean on, I think. It's okay to not be okay, and sometimes you just need to hear that from a friend. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, baby, thank you so much. You've opened up and shared so much. Before you go, is there one last thing you want to just say to all the moms out there and one div, Sarah, advice? I, I guess that I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but I just can't drive home enough how important community is, just getting connected to, to others. I just, I know for me, that was the pivot in my life that um, it helped me in my walk with Jesus, but it, but. I just don't feel like I would be the mom that I am today if it was not for um, the people that God put in my life to help show me and disciple me and raise me up to be that. I, I just, I'm just flooded with memories of the past, you know, 11 years of just people that have impacted my life and taught me how to be a mom. I just, I just think that's so important. It really is. You know, being a mom, as you just heard, there's, there's lots of struggles. And one thing that I want to just kind of point out as she was talking, it was, it was just kind of speaking to me. As a young mom, even as an older mom, you might look at other moms and you say, man, they have it all together. It doesn't matter what the school asks for, a mom bakes it. You know, it doesn't matter what dress day it is, that kid is going to wear silly socks. I mean, like, you do not have to be that perfect of a mom. The only important thing that you have to do as a mom is raise your kids in the direction that will one day point them back to God. That's all you have to do. Children are a gift from God. They are blessings. And you mothers have been entrusted with the privilege of carrying that child through birth, witnessing that child take its first breath, Letting it raise and, and go through life, kissing broken bones and boo boos and scraped up knees. 
you're there whenever the kid comes home late and they're scared and have a bad day. You're there when the kids have good days and you get to rejoice in, in just them accomplishing something. You get to witness their first touchdown or home run or, or basketball hoop, whatever sport they might be in, volleyball. Your moms get to be there for that. Your moms get to be a part of all of those, those moments in, in their life. It's a privilege and an honor. And so what I want to do, the way I want to close out, uh, I found a song that I kind of want you ladies to kind of just lean on today and listen to. And then we'll pray and we'll go home. This is kind of a very different sermon type, you know, service for Impact City Church. But as I listen to you, listen to the song, you listen to the lyrics. I want you to sing about your child and uh, just cry. Just let it all out today, okay? Because I'm tearing up already. Uh, let's play that song. You guys can close your eyes. You can think about your kid. You can hold your kid if they're next to you, no matter how big or small they are. But just take this moment. Go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you for the privilege to raise children, your gifts to us. God, I just want to give thanks for the moms in the room here today, those who are not here, those who are visiting, those who are out of town. Lord, thank you for our moms. Lord, thank you for my mom imperfect at times and perfect in other times, yet still ordained by you to care for us. And Lord, just thank you for that. Lord, thank you for moms. Thank you for the, the, the opportunity to raise a child. Lord, we just, Lord, we just pray that you would give the moms in here the strength to kind of give that child back to you, Lord, to trust you with him or her, the baby that they hold, that child that's fixing to go off to college, the adult that's fixing to get married or buy a house, the child that you know is struggling, who is lost, who is strayed. Continue to give the moms the courage to continually leave that child at the foot of the cross in your care. Lord, thank you so much. For all the mothers out there who continually do the best they can for all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.